morning, afternoon, or evening, wherever you are in the world, and welcome to Death by Pod, our little horror show where we just talk about horror movies. My name is Matt Hudson, the one who looks in the shadows, and joining me, as ever, is the greatest co-host a geezer could ever wish for. It's the dame of pain herself, it's Elizabeth, but we know her as Bloggy Balboa. How you doing, mate? Hello. I'm all right. I uh, I bought a hammer. I've uh, put some right? holes in my walls. <laughs> it's it's not a, a thing I want to hear from Blog at any point. I've bought a <laughs> hammer. <Just laughs> back away slowly. Start it off on a scary note. Yeah, and there's some, there's some faces popping through the holes in the walls, but I'm going to try and ignore them for now so we can get through the pod. How about you? How are you? Uh, Neo, I've put a load of pod filler over mine, so if there is anything in the walls, it can well, suffocate, can't it? <laughs> it can stay in there for the time being. But um, they're probably they're probably looking through the walls because they wanted to know what you had for dinner tonight. Ah, uh, yeah. So for dinner tonight, I've been uh, because for those of you that aren't in England, we're in lockdown. And we may well be in lockdown forever, forever <laughs> until, <laughs> until Christmas. So I've been. <laughs> I've been trying to practice how to do a roast dinner just in case I can't get home and have my mum's roast dinner. Um, so I've been having I had a roast dinner. It's basically the short answer to that to that very long one that I just. <laughs> what meat did you have though? Chicken. So this Ooh. is what I've not I've not perfected beef yet. That's the one that I've really got. But I've figured out that you can with chicken you can just put everything in one in the one thing, yeah. chuck it in the oven. So. Yeah, that's that's roast chicken. We've had a roast dinner now for the past like two weeks, and I think <laughs> I'm going to have a heart attack soon. <laughs> You've just got sage and onion that's pouring out of your orifice. It's my gravy level that the doctors are concerned about. <laughs> yeah. Reference. Yeah, but you get a lot of protein from the chicken. I think is protein white yeah. meat. Yeah. It's great. I'm not exercising it off though, so I'm just getting fat like this. Is... <laughs> So right, join the club. So Boris is Boris is basically just feeding us all up. It's, it's, something horrible's on the way. But uh, mate, I haven't had a roast dinner in bare time, bruv. And you telling me that you're basically about to cop it because you've got too much gravy in your system makes me really fancy a fat <laughs> roast dinner. Well, come over. Oh no, wait, you can't. Uh, oh, one. Thanks, Boris. Yeah, send us just um, FedEx it, and I'll, I'll I'll reheat it the next day. Yeah, I just microwave it. What did you have for dinner? What did I have for dinner? I had oh yeah, I had I sent you a picture the other day of these, but I went out and bought some more. It's I had mm-hmm. barbecue pork steaks, yeah, pork loin steaks. It's like two pound or like one seventy five in the local supermarket. Um, and I was like, yes. So I've, I've basically like you've had roast dinner every day for the last year. I've pretty much just keep going out and buying these big bad boys because uh, it takes like ten minutes to do, and you can put anything on it: chili powder barbecue sauce and like marinate it uh thyme and honey and i've been living this like pork dream for the last few weeks so i had that with some chippies and some peas and i am going to say that um i smell <laughs> a bit Is, uh, of what of pork a bottom oh uh, okay of, of shit okay <laughs> <laughs> yep. it's a good welcome to the show if you're new guys yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're locked down matt smells of shit i'm gonna have a heart attack Welcome to Death by Pod. <laughs> yeah. so, uh, email deathbypod at gmail.com with your ailments and we'll be sure to read them out on the next episode. <laughs> but for those new to the show, thanks for sticking around. What we do, myself and Bloggy, we take one horror film per episode and we chat about it, basically. We, we, tell, we tell each other what we liked, what we didn't like, didn't like, didn't like, uh, best scenes, best moments, all that kind of good stuff. But we don't divulge beforehand whether we like the film. I don't know if Bloggy liked this film or not. But before we get into it, what film are we talking about this episode? Well, whose house is it? It's his house. I was going to do more like a welcome to his house. We've done it now. Yeah, it's happened. It's out there in the world. We're watching his house. We have watched it. We have watched it, haven't we? I have been in his house. <laughs> have you? Have you? Yes, we're watching <laughs> his house. Uh, shall I tell you a bit about who directed it and exactly when it came out? Um, yeah, go on then. All right, well, it was directed by Remy Weeks and it premiered on the 30th of October on Netflix. 
And it stars Wumi Muzaku as Rial, Sope Darisu as Bo, Matt Smith, or D- Doctor Who, right? He was Doctor Who. He was Doctor Who. As Mark. This is Mark. As Mark. Doctor Mark, Mark. Who. <laughs> <laughs> That's not his name. <laughs> That's pretty much the cast, isn't it? Pretty much. The ma- That's it. That is it. Whose house? Doctor Who's his house. Oh. Oh. Uh, it's got a Rotten Tomato score of 100%. Stop it. <laughs> I'm deep I'm throw right. Rotten Tomatoes at you after that. 6.4 out of 10. Ooh. So we've got 100% RT from the critics. 6.4 user score. This doesn't seem like the sort of film that's going to get like review bombed either. Hopefully those days are kind of gone for the most part. But that's a bit of a... Uh, there's a difference there, matey booze, but um, do you want to uh, give your famous synopsis? This for you guys who are new to the show, Blocky doesn't just read off the IMDb or Wikipedia synopsis. She formulates this whilst watching it, and it's a joy to behold. I think you've built this one up a bit because there's not really... So uh, his it's house... It's about his house. <laughs> it's about his house. Uh, it's not a very pleasant house. It's about a refugee couple from Sudan. Sudan. Yep. And they move to England and they get given a house by the council. But and they have to and they have to stay in it. They can't move. And the house is haunted as fuck, basically, with ghosts in both a literal and of the past sense, like ghosts of your past. Ghosts of your present. Mm. Ghosts of Christmas past. It's like Christmas yeah. Carol, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> It's Scrooge's house. That's <laughs> <laughs> when Tiny Tim Mark. turns up. <laughs> there goes Mr. Greed. <laughs> uh, Muppets. Oh dear. Yeah, so that's his house. That so was a house? really that was a really literal synopsis. Um well done, I suppose. Yeah. What, how, what else can I say about his house? Um there's cockroaches there. Oh yeah, there were. Well yeah, just, I said it wasn't very pleasant. Um Matt Smith, um, not really to there, not really sure, uh, holes in the wall. I'm not sure what else, but um, probably should mention that before you go any further. If you haven't seen his house, we are going to spoil every aspect of it. So, uh, so it's available internationally on Netflix all around the world. Check it out. It's about what an hour or forty minutes long. Go check it out, then come back and hear me and Bloggy spoil the living hell out of it, and. See if you agree with us, basically. So we always tell each other straight up what we thought about it. No point beating around the bush. Bloggy, I think I might know what you think about this film, but tell me what you thought. Were you a fan of this film, mate? I loved this film. Oh, I thought so, because you told me the other day that you shit yourself after 10 minutes. I, yeah, like the opening gambit really it made me jump. I just, I, it, I feel like I haven't loved a film on this podcast for a while, like it, Host, obviously, host, I like yeah. host, but then everyone after that was a bit like prodigy. Really enjoyed this film. What did you think of his house? Whose house? His house in the middle of his street. I, yeah, I, I dug this film as well, mate. I really did. I wasn't even aware of this film coming out until uh, you mentioned it a couple of what about a month or so ago now. It's like sending... Well, trailers in one go. Like, we should watch this and then we should watch this. And this and was, so I was like, we're going to have to do the show daily at this rate. But um, yeah, I, I wasn't really aware of it. And I don't know if that's a me issue or I think it's more of a Netflix issue because they are arse at marketing their films unless it's called Bright. And that was a pile of arse as well. But I had a good time with this film. I really did enjoy this film. I had a lot I enjoyed. It wasn't really much about it that I didn't. Kind of spoilers for the bit at the end where we talk about what we didn't like. There wasn't an awful lot in it, which I thought was um, underwhelming. But oh, I'm glad to hear that you enjoyed it because it's always um, there's always that fear that when you recommend a film or then you hope the other person likes it. So for you, I vindicate your selection. Thank you. Thank you very much, Matt. That was um, That is nice to hear. That's all right. Well, uh, next week we're going to be talking about. Um, now we'll carry on with this one. Uh, so, what did you? Um, what was it about this film you like? Because you haven't just said you like this film. We pretty much said you fucking love this film in comparison to so much else we've done recently. So, you know what? What is it about his house that it was just so good? Well, you know that I'm a bit of a sucker for liking films that are scary because they're scary just as a concept, let alone as a horror film. And 
this film just hit the nail on the head for me. It was I, I, I watched an interview with um, with the actors, and they said that it would be scary even if you took the monster out of it. And I'm mm-hmm. like, that is that is totally it. Like it, it's it's half kitchen sink, half horror. It's it just did it for me on multiple levels, um, and the fact that it was actually scary when it was supposed to be scary as well. Just, I, I actually, I think that the negative part for me is is going to be really short because I don't have a lot to say. I don't even think I can say anything bad about this film, but we'll wait and see. I guess I might think of something. Keep us all on tender hooks. Oh, uh, find out. <laughs> find out later on with Bloody Balboa. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Here's the house. The house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And Ryan Gosling's Willie makes an appearance. <laughs> Deep cuts for fans of the episode show have been around since day one. <laughs> you poor bastards. Um, no, I agree. The, it's a horror film, but obviously the monsters are the scary part. But then social services are, or the social aspect the, is the just as scary. services are scary as well. Yeah, yeah exactly. They, they, these these uh, Rial and Bol come over from Sudan. Uh, they're refugees in this country. They're housed, but they're given... What seventy? I think it's like seventy-four pounds a week, yeah. or for for uh, around the world, it's about eighty bucks to live on. You can't. They can't. They can barely leave the house. They can't have anyone come over. They're not allowed to get a job. They have to report in weekly. It is very much like a. They, well, they even say the social dude says this is bail. Basically, you're on bail. You 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 don't uh, stick to these conditions. You're going straight back again. And there's so many moments in this in this film, some very unsubtle, some subtle, where you can tell it's, there's a society issue is going on here, whether it's the youths and the way they talk to uh, Rial. Oh, obviously, she she thought these uh, young black lads were going to uh, be able to, she'd be able to identify with them and they'd be able to identify with her struggle. But no, they basically told her to F off back to Africa. In That's what they said in the film. Uh, when Bowl goes shopping to Primark, shout out to Prime Arnie, um, the security guard in the background just clocks him and you can see him in the background just coming into shot. He's watching him. Yeah. They're never, they're never trusted. They never feel safe or they never feel like they're wanted in this country. And there's an lo- awful lot to be said here about yeah, immigration and refugees and how they're viewed. And sadly in this society, in this, mo- in this modern society now, it's very, very prevalent given what's happened over the last few weeks. Yeah, I mean, I think in that everything that you've said is is part of what makes this film so scary because um, it's not unbelievable in any way. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, the ghosts are a little bit, you know, if if there was ghosts in the walls, we would that would make it worse. But <laughs> yeah. you know, that that's pretty much all that. I'm pretty sure that's pretty that's all the immigration experience is missing or the refugee experience. When you come, you'd be living in a bloody haunted house. You've had to come from a war-torn country where you've seen your family perhaps get killed, your kids drowned on the passage over, and then to top it all off, you've got to face Doctor Who giving you shit about, you know, you can't, you can't have ball games, you can't do this, you can't do that. You've got the sort of Mrs. Norris and the Harry Potter guy equivalent living upstairs being like, why don't you just go home? And you just, you know, you've got to, you'll go through just a world of shit, basically, haven't you? And then it doesn't, and then it doesn't stop. And then at every single turn, people are threatening to send, to send you back. So the whole thing is just scary anyway. It's awful, isn't it? <laughs> and because Rial, she can't, she hasn't settled. She won't, she won't settle. She's obviously haunted, literally haunted by the ghosts of of her past and the events that led them to being where they are. Bol is desperately trying to assimilate in the culture. He's desperately. This is our home. This is my home. This is my house. Uh, we belong here. We belong here. We are not going back. We're the good ones. Singing Peter Crouch songs in the pub. He's desperate to try and integrate within this culture um so there's there's that as well the the fact that both of them are at odds with each other with everything that's gone on and now they're in this situation they are for the first part for the first 90 percent of the film 95 percent opposites pretty much they are not a close couple considering what they've been through it's driven it seems to have pushed them further further apart um and obviously the the crux of that is their daughter or 
Nia, um, Nia Gak, she she died on the boat on the boat uh, that brought them over. There was an accident, and and pretty much everyone on that boat died apart from Bow and Briow, and including their young daughter. And that is the uh, emotional backbone of the entire film. Um, they're both haunted by her in different ways. Bowl is literally haunted and attacked by her, whereas Rial gets more sort of chilling visions. But I like that Remy Weeks, this is his first film as well, by the way, which is a hell of a job. He didn't just rely on jump scares and the monsters. He could, this could have easily been, you know, the social uh, immigration side of it could have been put on the back burner. This could have just been a jump scare monster film, couldn't it? Mm. Thankfully, yeah. he didn't go that way. Yeah, yeah, and that's I think that's um one of the the things that makes it so good is that everything everything just doesn't feel right right from the offset. And um even so when they're in the detention center right at the start you're seeing all sorts of horrific things happen. Um first of all he's had a bloody nightmare which is the first the intro to him and the characters that we get is their is their trauma and being on the boat and everything. And then when they wake up, they're walking through to go to their meeting. And I don't know what's happening. Some guy's maybe tried to kill himself or, you know, and he's he's being pushed down by the guards. Uh, and then he gets to see Matt Smith and people who are just not interested in anything that they've got to say, really. You know, she's eating a sandwich while she's discussing whether they're going to live or die, basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, obviously, I'm not laughing because that's funny. I'm just like, ha-ha. Yeah, it's just what the hell's going on, really. Um, and just how how grateful um, Bo and Rial are to to be given a home, and then to get there and have it haunted. It's such an original premise. Like they can't leave, they can't do anything. They're desperately trying to be one of the good ones, which puts what what even does that mean anyway? Like what an enormous amount of pressure. Like this sort of you know weird bar that almost seems. They're never going to hit that, you know. Yeah, it's uh, it's scary. It's scary in multiple different ways. But the the jump scares, I mean, they got me. <laughs> they, they got I me knew they would. Oh, there's a bit where the pigeon. It's it's like the first jump scare that you get, where I think he sees someone in the wall, and it's literally like fifteen minutes into the film, and he sees someone in the wall, and he goes and looks through it, and then a bird comes out. I actually I screamed. This is why we need to have. Well, we need to do it with this um, this live watch along. We're going to do at some point because I need to watch. I, I, I watch a horror film with Bloggy Balbo in some <laughs> form, whether it's in the flesh, so to speak, or via a live internet connection. Because I would just love. Because there are moments in this film, and I've said it on previous shows, where I can pinpoint where you're going to shite yourself, and it's incredible. <laughs> it adds a new layer to the film. Well, thanks to all this pork, you can smell it as well. It's like a, <laughs> it's like a 4D experience for you. I can hear that gravy gushing around in your gut every time you jump. I loved the, those. The scary scenes in this film were great. Like the, like I said, they didn't, they didn't rely on it, but when they did them, they were really, they were really well done. And there's one which has been done to death in horror, but it, they do it so well here. And it's a moment when an apple. It rolls from the kitchen, rolls all the way to the wall, and Rial's just got to sit there, stand there, and watch it. And that's when she sees faces in the walls for the first time. But it's that kind of silent moment in the evening where you're just like, oh, no, what's going to happen when this... What's this Apple playing at? What's everything it's it doing? But what's it leading her to? And um, even before that, Bowl hears noises in the wall, so he starts pulling something out the rope and it ends up turning into seaweed. He's got dolls attached. He gets grabbed and then someone's just watching him. And it's like, right, this is, this is, this is quite terrifying. And yeah, we're only 20 odd minutes in, but there's so many decent, like it's jump scares or like visual frights or like the atmosphere in this is wicked. And they did a really good job of capturing that. And the actors did as well. Yeah, yeah, the acting was was spot on. There was there wasn't one part because, you know, as mu- as much as I love horror films, they do come with duff acting at times. Um, it's a bit poo, isn't it? Sometimes it's curse of the genre, I think. But this this was so well done, and that's what I mean. It is it's a lot like a drama, really, more than a horror. And I think that's that's to its credit because it's it's. I think it's quite easy to act scared, but then to act realistic about how you handle being scared over a prolonged period. I mean, you've got Bowl 
who's just pounding holes in the wall and getting angry about it and Rio who's really withdrawn and all these kind of like long stares that they have at each other it's oh, it's really uncomfortable what was your like what was your favorite sequence in the film and that's a proper like oh, what was your favorite thing? what were because I've got I've, I've got a few I can think of but what was your like, best moment of the film um I think it is the bit where there are all of the faces in the wall yeah I can't remember, even though I only watched it yesterday, I can't remember exactly why there are so many. I think she she speaks to the um, the Apeth thing mm-hmm. and then she turns around and there are just, there are faces literally crammed into the wall. Yeah. Uh, it, it put my hairs up on end. I really, really didn't like it. Um, that, I thought that was a brilliant, brilliant sequence. Um, and I also liked the kind of dream sequence um, where she's hiding in the cupboard and it kind of reveals everything that happens before they got to England. Yeah, well, let's um, let's mention that because that bit was... That's brutal, that is. I didn't see that coming at all, the twist with um, with Niagak being somebody else's daughter. I mm. did not see that coming at all. And that sequence was fuck. It was just heart wrenching. It was really, I found that quite tough to watch, to be honest. Um, when uh, Bowl and Rial uh, have taken Niagak basically so they can get on the coach. So they, cause they won't, they can't get onto the, they can't get onto the transport, you know, unless they've got a kid, basically. If there's, there's no real reason for them, for them to get on, unless they've got a kid whose welfare comes first. So they take this girl from her mum. They get on the coach and the, and the and Neogak screaming for Mama, and her her actual mother is chasing the bus, screaming and you know surrounded by gunfire, and she gets shot and killed. It was such a tough scene to watch. I thought, man. Yeah, yeah, he did a Titanic, didn't he? <laughs> he did a Titanic. He did. He was, I have a child. He did exactly that, and I. It's a shock, actually. I think because. And I don't know why either. You know, we we don't know anything about Bo and, and Rial really, other than we empathise with um, what they've been through or what we think they've been through. But then, and when that scene was playing out, I I thought to myself, you know, like I I don't I don't know what I would have done in that situation. Like, but you're you would probably take someone else's kid. Do you know, like there's every possibility that if you're faced with either getting shot by people. Mm-hmm. Or getting on the bus and saving like your loved ones, you don't know what you do in that situation, and I think that's that's really the heart of what makes this film scary is that uh, we're never going to be in that situation, hopefully, but people are in that situation right now, and they're having to choose between doing something that's perhaps a bit morally askew but is that ultimately is going to save their life um you know, imp- impossible choices, I guess. It's um, but that that for me that that was also quite hard to watch and mm-hmm. um, seeing all the women, like when she gets out the cupboard and all the women are just dead and yeah, it's really really hard. No, um, I no, I agree. It's because it's because you kind of you warm to these characters, Bold and Rio, in differing ways because they're not bad people. Even Bold, who seems to be who is on the edge like that scene another wonderful scene where he's in in the job center basically he's talking to matt smith and he said i'd, I'd really like a new house please and oh yeah that whole yeah everyone <laughs> is looking at him like who the fuck's this joker basically he's he's come over here and he wants a new house already that kind of uh um vibe is going on and he's basically t- tells him the reason why but at the end of it he crushes a glass in his hand just while smiling because he's his mental state is spiraling so you kind of you empathise with these people, you you, you kind of you, you care about them, you worry about them, and then you get that reveal that in order to be where they are, they are only where they are now because they basically they stole another child uh, who then died because of their actions, but possibly would have anyway, which is a sad truth. Uh, but the child's mother then obviously she went through the utter grief of losing her child before being gunned down. It's dreadful. But it's that point you've just said, which is very pertinent to remember. Is is, is I can I can't sit here and say, well, bloody awful of them to do that, wasn't it? Because we're not in that situation, and God forbid we ever are. And, but like you say, it's happening out there in the world, and 
who you don't know what you're going to do if you're in that situation. So on the face of it, it seems like one of the worst, like the most horrible thing you could think of. But you know, it's hard to condemn because it's fight or flight or you know die. Basically, it's it's a tough one, uh, and it is, like I say, morally askew, morally ambiguous as to where you want to sit on that. But it was still a shocking scene, obviously, with her actual mother. The way she reacted, it was that was tough because before that, there was no reason to believe for me anyway. I had no reason to believe that they weren't parents. They weren't Neergak's parents. I uh, I assumed that they had lost their daughter in the in into the ocean, and that that was kind of the crux of their grief. But it turns out there was obviously grief and guilt and remorse chucked in on top of that. Put that on top of the haunted house aspect, and then seeing the the dead uh, from the boat, and of course their daughter um, uh, haunting them or visiting them. It's oh, mate. It's it's chilling. And uh, another scene I liked was uh, with Bowl in the in the night time, and he looks up and is that is that an old woman walking through the hallway? Like old woman just walking really slowly in the hallway. I was like, fuck this. And then a child walks yeah. past, just saying, "Mama," and I was just like, fuck this. And then turns around, is sitting on the floor, and it's attacking Bowl with the knife, and it's. It, it sounds like things we've seen before, like things walking in the background or things walking in the dark or kids, kids being creepy, but I sound like a broken record, but they really nailed that, that atmosphere and that element in this film. Yeah. Well, I think it's not enough anymore. I think that's the problem is that, you know, some uh, American, you know, middle-class family that are moving into suburbia, uh, you know, or into the country and it's their last bit of money. And, you know, I think there's 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 not really that much the scary about that in a way. They're always a happy family and everything's great. And then it's not until the haunting starts that the chips start to come apart. But what's so brilliant about um, Riau and Bo's relationship is that it throughout the whole sequence – he finds her in the cupboard and they're together and they're holding hands and they're going through it together. But then as soon as he takes Neergak, they sit on the bus and they're apart, they're separate. And that carries on throughout the whole film. Like when they get there, Rial, um, when she gets into the house, she's, she's sat in one room and she's kind of trying to take it all in. And Bo's sat in another room and he's kind of crying and laughing, but he's they're, they're experiencing everything alone. Um, and I thought that that was that was what made it so powerful, was that they they have this shared trauma, but it's not really shared. It's very much um, alone, which I think is probably how a lot of trauma is experienced. How how much can you rely on someone else to help you through things? You know. Yeah. No. Exactly. And when when it gets to the end, and they do kind of almost reunite, it's like a reunification of them. It it hits harder because. They're, as we mentioned earlier on, they're they're apart for most of the film, like, like literally physically, but mentally as well. They're not. Everything has taken its toll on them. And again, the acting of uh, everybody involved here, but yeah, of course, especially um, one the Masaku and Sopi Dirizu are so good. I mean, I'm not. I know they've been in um, a lot of TV things like Lovecraft Country and stuff like that. County, sorry, but I don't. I wasn't overly. Uh, familiar with them, obviously I know of Matt Smith. The one Matt Smith was good in this as well, um, but I thought those two were just excellent at portraying what you've just said, like that. Those f- feeling of isolation, uh, being alone, mental toil and struggle. I thought they did so well with doing that, really, really well. And I totally, I completely agree that the dynamics have to change sometimes to uh, this kind of uh, family. You know, a, a immigrant to a refugee, sorry, who've been thrown into this absolute shitty house. The place is falling apart. There's cockroaches. There's old food containers in there. It, it and there's crap all out. The, basically, the outside has been used as a dumping ground. It's horrible. That already puts you on edge. Do you know what I mean? That's not the sort of place you want to live in. And as you said, some of these middle class families, those houses. I'm like, if I'm going to die, I'll get haunted. I wouldn't mind having it done there because at least at least I'll have a nice surrounding for uh, when the cops turn up. But this place, no, the the the, the surrounding and the aesthetic of it is awful and really plays in really 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 plays into the story. And um, also shout out to Poundland; they got Poundland in here as well. Um, <laughs> but there's there's a lot 
here that I liked. I'm just trying to think of like stuff off the top of my like Bowl uses cutlery. Real does not. They don't. You know, there's that another idea of them uh, drifting apart somewhat, and then literally afterwards, there's a shot of Bowl, a sequence of him eating his dinner, floating in the ocean alone, surrounded by corpses. Um, what did you think of that scene? Because it kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah, I thought that was. Um... I thought that was really good because the, the the whole water thing anyway is is interesting in itself. But I guess that scene in particular, I just saw it in a number of ways. Like he's making an island out of himself. This he he wants to go with the current um, and all that kind of you know he's um, he's desperately trying to conform, but he's he's isolating himself. And then also like it's just it's troubled waters, isn't it? Like mm-hmm. he's trying yep. to. He's trying to get away from whatever happened, um, but the, the whole water thing in itself is interesting because they they say from the beginning, like you know, we're we're going to be born again here, and that made me think of you know baptisms where mm. water is obviously a massive component, and you know the, the washing away of sin, but then you've also got baptisms of fire and you know leaping into the unknown and having to roll with it, which I think is nodded on when he burns all of their stuff and yeah. Riel's left nothing and again it it polarizes them completely and i think him just being sat there eating his dinner on his own is sort of and again like he's like the head of the house Mm -hmm. he's he's the man he's the one doing the diy he has to cry on his own and can't share that with his wife um he had to make the hard decision of taking the child um there's a lot there's a lot there's a lot going on it's It's his house he keeps saying this is my house (laughs) and at the end Real, um, comes, um, she even at the end once she's um, off to the a the a beth a beth sorry she is it a beth or a peth a peth a peth because I've got it written down wrong twice here I've got a p and an upside down p which makes a b so a <laughs> yeah when she when she offs him at the end then she that she's now embraced you know the, this house that is their home now she's um, they are now together as one um, there was a lot of that kind of uh, symbolism and that and the, the house itself was a literal metaphor i found for their their mental state it started off like like i mentioned the house is a hor- is horrific and then the further into the film we get the house becomes like, more knackered more decaying there's holes everywhere it's it gets worse and worse with them um so i found that they were literally living in a metaphor of their own minds um but i, I what else can they say it looked good it was shot well the atmosphere was bonkers good. It was the pacing was really good as well. I like these kind of films which don't just go balls to the wall the whole time. It's they take their time to set up story. Uh, I bet there are probably moments in this where people might watch it and think, "Oh, this is dragging" or "This isn't necessary." But I didn't really find any fat to chew off here. I thought it was all, I thought it was all pretty meaty. And I, as I've shown and blog, Bloggy's shown, we do enjoy a bit of meat. Bloggy just prefers a bit more gravy on hers. Um, <laughs> But yeah, what about the um, what about the end as well with when the APEF? Because before that, Rial says, "Or oh, here's a story that my mum would tell me." Um, a geezer stole from an APEF, who's a which is a night witch. Uh, the walls the walls would whisper the spell from the shadow. The dead would come. The APEF would consume the man, uh, which is obviously what's going on. Uh, but they but the APEF followed them. And at the time, she then says that you know she thinks Bowles a total liar for how he's dealing with it but uh so in order for the apf to sod off basically he they need to he says to bowl you've got to exchange or it says to bowl give me your life and i'll give you niagak back uh, and at the end basically he, he's hit at the end of his tether isn't he? And he makes a blood sacrifice and old apf comes out of the ground mm. Yeah, that I mean, because I um, so I obviously went and looked APS up immediately, <laughs> <laughs> and I found I found some stuff. Um, so it's interesting because it's uh, it, the explanation of it basically is that human beings bring directly upon each other like these certain misfortunes, mm. and um, that it, it that can happen without spells or magic or anything like that like humans just fuck each other over basically um and i thought that when you put that back into the context like you know so he's 
the, the way that the film frames it is that it's about a man that's stolen it's it's stole from someone um mm-hmm. in order to build a new life and that is that is literally what he's doing i mean even when Bowl Bowl goes into primark and he has to awkwardly look at this photo of this you know really white family and try oh, yeah. and then they're both wearing the clothes and everything but it's minus the kids um mm-hmm. is it's all things like that um that kind of make me think yeah there's a lot of sort of this sort of idea of stealing and borrowing and adapting and conforming and sort of changing. Um, and then when the Apeth does eventually come and he's, he's sort of said like, I'm willing to sort of throw down my life for this and I'm, I'm willing to accept what's happened. And then it starts to crawl into his body. And um, it's that, just, yeah, like that, that, I guess that was probably the only bit, like the, the visual of the, the Apeth, trying to get under his skin was perhaps not as good as I've, I don't know. I think I saw too much, you know, after that, mm-hmm. it was scary without having to see it. Um, but I, that, that whole scene is really important, I think, to, to the whole, to the film and to the way that what, what it's trying to say is that, yeah, okay, it's, it's the man and it takes over the man and it's his house and, but she's the one that ends up saving him in the end. Um, she's the one that forces him to to confront whatever's going on and he has to sort of do a bit of bloodletting and get that out, um, get rid of his guilt because she's repressed all the memories anyway. She didn't remember because she calls him a liar, but I don't think she really knows why she's calling him a liar because she doesn't remember that it's not a kid, whereas I think that he does. So he's carrying around a lot more of that guilt than she is. Mm-hmm. It is, yeah. I hadn't thought about it like that because now, now you, um, I I just assumed she was calling him a liar because he was willing to because he wanted to believe that that was his kid daughter and he knew it wasn't and that, that's another reason why I like this film because without looking back in hindsight these new kind of things appear um, and the Apeth story that you so kindly looked up is is pretty much spelling out what's happening but you don't necessarily see that at the time. You kind of you're thinking right. What, how does this tie in? What's what's Bull stealing? Is he stealing a living? No. Uh, what's he stealing? Is he stealing from? Uh, is he stealing this house from um, the white folk around him who keep saying, "Well, your house is bigger than my house." Actually, you've yeah, just been, yeah. you've been given this, and it's been bigger than mine, which doesn't really make a difference. But and obviously, it turns out he no, he just he stole somebody else's kid in order to get this life. And obviously, the more I say it, the more I think this is just dark, man. But. It, it, it's a that is why this film works for me because it is dark, but the actual reality of the situation they found himself is obviously the darkest, most horrible thing you could put yourself in. And Remy Weeks here tells the story, he tells the refugee story here. He gives them a voice in this shitty world that we live in, uh, which is necessary. So it, the message is there, but it functions, it functions just as well as a horror film as well which is what I like, which is why I think it's doing quite well with people as well, is that, you know, it isn't a, um, isn't a film which is just all message. It functions as a decent supernatural horror film as well. And yeah, the bit at the end with um, Apef of Javier Bartet, as usual, playing plays the sort of tall, spindly, horrible-looking thing. Um, yeah, the visual's a bit cack. I, I did think at the time as well that it's going on for a bit too long. I said he, like, he's enjoying burrowing into that one part of his flesh quite a lot. I'm sure he could have just gone in there quite quickly, but it's the same with a lot of films like The Babadook, uh, Under the Shadow, we did that as well, where when you get to the end and you have to face up that you might might actually have to see what this bad spirit is, then it's make or break sometimes for the film. You know, if it really, if had that been really cack, it, for me, it would have impacted slight, slightly more on the film. I, You know, I didn't mind it. I thought it was fine. It was obviously slightly different to the rest of the film, but I didn't mind it. Whereas had it been like too over the top or had it looked really kind of cheesy or naff, then it really, it would have impacted the film more for me, but I didn't, I didn't mind it. I mean, that's what pretty much what they set that up during the film that, you know, the Apeth is coming for you. Basically we're marked. That's why they burnt the possessions. It's coming to get us basically. And the only way to stop it is if it basically takes me uh bowl instead. And yeah, and he cut all saggy emerging from a sandy hole. He looks a bit like Emperor Palpatine from the rise of Skywalker. Um, which is the first thing I noticed is like you. Um, I like. I like. At the same time, they juxtapose that with Rial. She's telling her the, the group of her friends that she's going now. 
No, she's she's going back to her. She's going home, she says, and what she actually means is this new house they've built, this new life they've built, because she goes to slice the throat of the apex path. But she's reconciled with Nirgat because she's been having these dreams of a better life with her friends. So yeah, like I said, she's accepted it, and that's kind of what gets us to the end of the film. And I like, uh, I mean, I liked pretty much all of this. I'm not sure how much more I can say about how much I I liked it. There's so many good moments in this. There's a great scene as well before I pass over again is uh, they see both sees a corpse in the dark and he turns on the, on the light and it disappears. But then he suddenly starts seeing wet footsteps coming towards him and he turns the light off and, um, and near Gak's there and she, and we can hear all these voices saying, I can't breathe. I can't swim. And then he's like, he, he realized like, okay, if I, the light, if I, if I don't touch the light, I might be fine. But Nia Gak herself, she turns the light on, then off again, and Bowles attacked, and he nearly gets his throat cut, and he goes mad and starts screaming, this is my house, and smashing the walls in. And that's at the beginning of the damn film. Yeah. They took... There was a lot of this that... And I can't remember all of them now, but now you've reminded me about the light, and light lights out, was it? There's a lot of... Um, there's a lot of other films going on in this film, but the way that they've done it, it'll it all works. It's like they've took really crap elements from every other film and put them into a really good film. (laughs) But it's funny that you referenced, you know, the the Babadook and Under the Shadow and everything, because like those two films, I would say my famous, the monster wasn't really there. I don't think the monster's really there in this film. I I really do think that this is a film about, you know, survivor guilt and trauma. And um, yeah, we can we can say that an APEF was there and it was doing whatever it was doing, but I I just think it's it's about trauma and it's the APEF was the easiest way to to put that across to people, and I think that that's really really obvious when you know like I said you see all the all the faces in the walls and he the his first reaction to that is to go out and buy a hammer and start smashing the walls in and trying to destroy all of this stuff, but then at the end when they've fully reconciled and they've said to Doctor Who, you know, I let the ghosts in and then I could see myself, there you see them all and they're actually in the house with them. They're not behind the walls anymore and that, they're not true, yeah. anymore. And it's... Um, made that piece thing, of it. uh, yeah, that's Yeah, that, that was the final nod to me, to be like, I having a little psychological mm-hmm. muddle around in my noodle there. It's, uh, <laughs> it's He knows how to put it up, yeah? Oh, he certainly does. Put it in my walls. Um, yeah, I, I, I totally agree, man. I genuinely do as well. Um, you can you can approach this film as a supernatural film with monsters in it. You can you can approach it like you've just mentioned as it is basically a film about grief, remorse, um, guilt, and the uh, manifestations of these monsters are just in their mind, and that um, and the end kind of also uh, props it up an awful lot. The fact that they are stand they're not yet yeah, that the 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 people in the boat the dead they're not just there they're obviously they're standing with them at the very end they're in and amongst them all so they're not on opposite sides of the house but they are together now so they've come to terms they've accepted what has been uh in order to be able to move forward so uh and that's why again another feather in the bow of this film is that it works on that on both levels it's a very good like scary uh, monster horror film or monster um, psychological film with supernatural elements but it's also just a bloody good family drama as well with thriller moments in it so there's a hell of a lot good about this film and there's an old lady next door with a cat she just stares um, she obviously hasn't found half a cat outside of her house before uh, uh-huh. now you mentioned uh-huh. um, I can't think now of anything really that I thought was a bit pap in this but I wanted to ask you because you obviously opened this up by saying how much how boss this film was. Um, anything in this film, or any kind of nitpicks at worst that you've got? No, no, I really don't know. Like even though I, I you know, the, the APEF thing, you're kind of a bit like, uh, is that really what it looks like? It's not as scary as I imagined. Even that was still good. Um, there wasn't. I, I wouldn't change that that was fine really it, it it didn't make me sit there and think oh my god i'm so scared but it <laughs> you know like it just it works there wasn't anything bad about this film i i 
would give it 100%. Same wow. as host. It's the same as host. There's really nothing bad. Like, I, but I, I can't find anything. I'm so desperate to find something that I didn't like. No, that's, that's, you get the, but you get those films sometimes which are just bang on the money each time. And um, it looks like streaming films are saving bloggies' arse at a minute in this lockdown period. Horror films, anyway. Um, well, I wouldn't say it was saving my arse necessarily. But, yeah, but it's keeping you slightly more slightly <laughs> saner. Um, it's in tatters after watching that film. Jesus. <laughs> uh, on that note of but that. Um, yeah, there wasn't much I didn't like either. I mean, Matt Smith's quite hunky in this film. I was like, oh. I like his stubble. Uh, at the end, where the APEF was burrowed through the floor, they just covered it up with a rug. I was like, that is hilarious because I was waiting for one of those uh, social workers to walk on it and like really comically fall through it, but they never did. So they got away with that. Um, nope, I, I, I can't find anything. I don't think it was too heavy on its messages. I don't think it was too light on them either. I don't think they went too far with the horror and I don't think they sprinkled it too lightly. I think Remy Weeks did a hell of a job. Debut or not, I mean, your debut film doesn't you know shouldn't be any more special if it's your first film or your tenth film. If you can create a film as decent as this, you deserve a pat on the back. The acting was spot on. It looked good. I thought the effects when they used them were good. The sort of you know, quote unquote twist in it regarding Neagak caught me by surprise. Um yeah, I can't. I'm struggling. I I like you, I'm trying to think in my head now of anything, but then I literally am clutching at straws by doing that. So um no I I can't really think of anything I didn't like in this film. So I think for uh, the first time in a few months, and certainly since Host at least, but I have the things I, f- I found more that I had a few more issues with in Host than I did this. So um, this is one of the better horror films I've seen all year for me. Yeah, and for a Netflix film as well, I was quite worried that it was going to do, it was all, you know, more front than Brighton Pier kind of thing, that it just put everything out on the trailer and then it was going to be really naff. But mm-hmm. it, and and I think as well, because there was all the initial hype about it, and then I haven't really seen anything on Twitter necessarily about people going crazy about it in the same way that people have about hosts. So mm-hmm. I just thought, oh, it's probably going to be, it's probably going to go, you know, it's, it's going to go a bit dodgy, but it was really, really good. I just, I think everyone needs to see this film, even if you don't like horror. There you go. Even if you don't like horror. Check out his house, our house, my house, Bloggy's house, our house together, Death by Pod's house. Check it out. It's pretty damn good, though. It's my house. It's his house. (laughs) It's his house. Good film. It looks like it's going to be uh, at the top of our, towards the top of our uh, Death by Pod watch list. So there's no point even having to ask you that. So um, we'd love to hear what you guys out there thought about this film. Because like Blog and all just said, the critics love it. IMDb for what it's worth. I think it's fine. But oh, I'm not, sod them. Yeah, sod them. Idiots, <laughs> all of you. But not really hearing too much about it. Now, I didn't expect, upon watching it and loving it, I didn't expect to go online and see people say, right, this is the best picture nominee, this, is and this. But I kind of expected a little bit more discussion about it. Yeah, I thought that there would be a lot more hype. But, um, I mean, maybe there is, and I'm just not looking hard enough. I mean, like, this, the problem is with Twitter with me is I hardly ever go on there. And when I do, I forget that I'm following about 1,500 people. So I never see anything. Like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, you're just like, oh, I don't see stuff. So. No. No, I, I hear that. And um, obviously, in the last few weeks, there's been, the last week, there's been something going on stateside, which has taken up a lot of the... Um, a lot of the social media streams. So um It is not his house anymore. Yeah, exactly. I'm really, really glad about it. That's what and when they, I can imagine when they came it's really odd when they came round the socials and, and Bowl started saying, Stop the count. Like, see what you're on about, mate. Calm down, mate. They're, they're only doing the job. Um Donald Trump's a knobhead. So that was what we thought about <laughs> his house. We both dug it. We'd love to hear what you guys thought about it. And come the end of the year, which to be fair, is only <laughs> five weeks away. I'm really interested to see where this stacks up in the films that we've watched this year uh, at the end of year, Death by Pod uh, ranking. Is it going to be the best horror film we've seen all year? Find out in a few weeks' time. But before we end uh, today, tonight, we always end off with a funky Death by Pod game. Bloggy, you've um, you've come out of a spicy one this week, haven't you, mate? I have. And I, uh, as we've already discussed, I've done no prep for this one. So all of my <laughs> content, because I'm an idiot. So all of my questions are just going to be completely off the top of my head. Boop, boop, boop. So, 
this would be fun. Uh, the game is a little bit to the left. It's called Horrible Preferences. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. How the hell do we play Horrible Preferences? That's a good question, Matt. Um, Glad you so, asked. <laughs> it's kind of like a would you would you rather, um, but to do with with horror films to do with houses and families. So we're going to take two scenarios nice. from. Oh, you not done it like that? Oh, I, I think I, I specifically sent you the instructions. I think t- two of the three. Are, I think the M ones is a bit like I couldn't uh, think of another one. <laughs> I, no, I didn't prepare, so it's fine. Um, Sweet, good, good. Yeah, so it's a would you rather to do with, ideally, horror films to do with houses and families, but if not, it's no worries. Um, so taking two horrible horror scenarios, asking each other would you rather, um, and then we're going to try and predict what the other will say, and if we get it right, then we get a point, and that's how we're going to win the game. I d- have I explained that nicely? I think you've done have it brilliantly. I- and for those new, again, we do usually um, we do usually prep for the show, but we kind of got caught off guard tonight with the idea that oh shit, we haven't done a game. Um, so we do usually have like a game planned out and answers and um, or questions at least. But uh, yes, you have. So uh, you you give me a scenario. Would would you rather? And I have to guess which one of those you would rather. Yes. Sweet. And then, no. so go. On. I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what, a, what a babe and then if all go, and then if we get the right answer we'll sound the klaxon uh, Bloggy's klaxon if it's right or my unfortunate klaxon if it's wrong you will know the difference upon hearing them so uh, Bloggy do you want to go first and this also does rely on a little bit of trust and honesty between each other so like I've highlighted my answers so I know I can't change it okay alright well Tell you what, I'll gi- I'll give you mine because it's all completely. I did not have a game plan for this one. <laughs> I'll give you mine, and then I'll let you know when I've decided which one you're going to pick. Right. In my head. Okay. And then I'll just have to be totally honest about because I am an honest person. You are. For everything I know about you is very honest. Okay. So, would you rather? Oh, shit, yeah. No, that's really inappropriate, isn't it? Okay. <laughs> no, no, cut that one. Cut that one off the pod. Um, I'm not sure I can cut that. No, you have to, because it's like, would you rather eat Reagan's vomit? <laughs> would you rather eat Reagan's vomit or uh, spend the night with Freddy Krueger? There you go. <laughs> uh, <laughs> 11-year-old vomit. Uh, the, the vomit isn't 11 years old. hasn't been there for 11 years in a poll. Would I rather eat Reagan's vom? Or spend a night with Freddy Krueger. Um, I don't know. This the idea of like smelling someone's vomit makes me feel sick, and you don't know what's in it, and if it's if it's warm to the touch, you know. I think I'd rather spend the night with Freddy Krueger. I think I'd rather um, hedge my bets with that one, mate. That, that I think you'd rather do that. I think you'd rather do that. <laughs> I do like Robert England. Um, yeah, that that is what I thought you were going to say. An hour, an hour, an hour. So, uh, prep, prep's gone well here. So we've had our. Yep. So Bloggy's had to change our question already. Oh god, it was just really inappropriate. All right. It, I thought it was great. Um, okay, <laughs> for you now, uh, would 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 I rather? I guess the question would be, would I? Oh no, would I rather play the Cenobites from Hellraiser, play their sexy punishment game for eternity, or? Would I would I rather lick Freddy Krueger's face for a ter- for an hour? We both had some some licking there, didn't we? <laughs> <laughs> licking's been a thing. That's it. Your <laughs> one was appropriate. Um, yeah, your one was fucking dreadful. But um, yeah, it's if anybody wants it, DM me. Well, they're both quite disgusting, really, aren't they? Um, do you know, I'm going to go with licking Freddy Krueger's face because I, I don't think I could do BDSM for that long. <laughs> <laughs> what would I rather do, though? Oh, yeah, it's, it's you, isn't it? It's We've both done it, yeah. <laughs> it's not all about me. You're um, blocking your BDSM fantasies. Plug them. Uh, uh, yeah, I think that you'd rather... Oh, no, actually. Yeah, no, you'd rather lick his face. You'd you rather... dick. What do you mean, oh, no, actually? <laughs> um, yes, I would rather lick Freddy Krueger's face. That is the honest truth. So... 
had it been had it been like sexy punishment Cenobite game for an hour, I was like, go on, Pinhead, you've got an hour, but not for eternity. Yeah, not for eternity. Well, I don't know. I, you could be a real sick pup. I don't know what you're into. Not for eternity. Not for eternity, no. You can only be sick for a while, can't you? Yeah, exactly. You freak. Um, okay, so number two, what would what do I have to guess you'd rather do? Oh, God. Um, okay, so I've got to think of something else now, haven't I? <laughs> <laughs> Thank God for editing. Uh, okay, so would you rather would you rather have to wear the same outfit that Damien wears in the Omen mm-hmm. for, for the rest of your life, or would you rather go to dinner with Hannibal Lecter? Ooh. <sighs> I've, I've, I've decided which one I think that you would. So this is what you'd rather do. No, so... it's what you would rather do. Oh shit! I'll be playing the game wrong. You okay, to, I did. I did wonder, like, why have we suddenly changed shit? This is going to stay badly. <laughs> it's all right. It's fun though. So okay. So all right. So you right. Okay. So would I rather <laughs> dress as Damien in that crappy gear that made him knock his mum off the <laughs> banister, or go for Dindins with Hannibal Lecter? Um, Christ! I well, my pick. I'd rather go to dinner with Hannibal Lecter because I reckon I could chin him if he tries something. That is what I thought you would say. Yes. <laughs> right. Ooh, okay. Uh, so, so it's what, two one. What you think I would rather do just for the right? Okay. Right. Okay. So, directing the question towards me. Yeah, I think. Right. Either way, we're doing. We're doing well. This is, this is the least prepared game ever, but it's probably one of the most fun. <laughs> Hit me with it. Why? <laughs> right. Would you rather sniff, sniff, sniff Leatherface's mask or sniff Jason's overalls? Mm. Remember, he never changes out of those overalls. And Leatherface's mask is somebody's skin. I I think I would rather sniff Leatherface's mask because Jason's been in a pond and he's been dead and they'd just mob rot. It'd be horrible. Oh my god, you went there. I went there. Nob rot. Jason Jason Voorhees has smeg. Oh, he does, doesn't he? Let's be. <laughs> I don't think he's got the best hygiene. So um, uh, uh well. Uh, to be fair, Leatherface oh. probably does as well. <laughs> Oh, I thought you were gonna. I thought you'd rather sniff Jason's overalls. Oh, you did not. I did because I was like, I can't imagine you wanted to sniff someone's decaying like skin, flesh, and all that. I thought you'd take a gusset shot rather than a skin shot. He only wears his mask on special occasions. Yeah, but it's gonna stink, though, isn't it? It's got someone's face. He's peeled off. It's not gonna smell worse than smeg. <laughs> right. Thanks for sticking around, guys. Horrible, literally. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what that smells like. I can only imagine, and I'm not. All right. I'm not. Ugh. Okay, so it's two one. Um, over to you, Blocky. What would I rather? Um, okay. Would you rather? Oh. Would you rather? Um, oh God. Would you rather um, do the planning permission for the house in Poltergeist? And have that weighing on your conscience for the rest of your life, or, or, oh God, I just can't think of anything. I thought I'd just be able to blag this, like he is prepared. He did to start with, but it was inappropriate. It was oh, flagged yeah. for inappropriate content. <laughs> really inappropriate. <laughs> <I'm> sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, or would you? Okay, 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 I've got it. So Here we go. Would you rather have the planning permission on your head in Poltergeist for the rest of your life that you did something really evil? Or would you rather um, have that woman from uh, Drag Me to Hell, you know, the bit where she, like, bombs in her mouth? <laughs> would you rather have that happen every morning? So intense, intense guilt. And we've just watched this house, so we know what guilt and, and all that stuff does to people. Or 
a little bit of imaginary vomit in your mouth. So she doesn't actually, because she doesn't really do it, does she? It's just fake. So um, it's just a vision. So, uh, see, well, I could live... I've, got, I've got to decide what I think that you're going to say. And you I decide. I, I have. No, I have. I've decided. Okay. I could live with the guilt because I could yeah. just go play bowling or something and switch I'll off. That. I called that. But you could live with the guilt. But <laughs> yes, makes me sound like a right cold shit. But, <laughs> but then, even like the thought of someone just vomiting in my gob is bleh. so. Would I? I would rather. I'd rather be the planning permission guy. You bastard! All right. Well, I called that. I always knew. Oh, you oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Licking, licking, and vomit. Uh, these were just these are just things that. It's horror tropes, aren't oh, they? Oh yeah, I suppose. I'm sorry, guys. Or the one which we had to cut out. <laughs> that was disgusting, though. And what was worse was you said, "I think I know which one you're going to pick." I thought you, <laughs> you dick. Um, okay, so the final one then. Uh, this is uh, this is to get some pride back. So it's three one to me. Here is your final one. Would you rather have an alien burst from your chest or barbed wire through the genitals? A la Silent Hill. Ooh. I mean, either way is not is quite invasive. Yeah. Um, that, is, that is a tough one, actually, because, like, it, it actually really is. Because when you think about it, like, say, having something come through your gut and then he's still, like, awake and sees it happening and everything, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. That, that's yeah. pretty horrible. But then, like, say, in Silent Hill, when that happens, they do split her open pretty quickly. It's quite a quick death. Well, there is, a lot of, there is still a lot of shuddering and juddering as it's sort of coming out mm-hmm. of every horrifying. Yeah. yeah, there is that. But I'm... If we're going to be realistic about this, I think you'd pass out pretty quickly. Like you, whereas if you've got an alien coming through your gut, you're going to feel like shit for a good couple of weeks before that sucker comes out. Got nah, yeah, no, I think it's going to have to be the alien, isn't it? Like, yeah. Well, my fingers over the button. Which klaxon's it going to be? Here it comes. Ugh. Yes, I did think you'd go for the alien chestburster. I just thought barbed wire through the jennies wasn't... <laughs> nobody wants that. I did consider it, but no. I did know. <laughs> I did consider it on a Wednesday night, but <laughs> for, for better of it. Well, that's it. That's our game for this week. We're glad. Thanks for sticking around and that you didn't have to hear Bloggy's inappropriate one at the beginning. Wow. Um, if you if we do ever get a Patreon, though, uh, you can you can pay us some money in it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll put all the outtakes on there. I do store most of the outtakes, so it's fine. Oh, do you? Are we going to have like a New Year bloopers episode where it's just me being a tit throughout? It's basically all you. Oh God, why? Why is it all me? Why can't you ever make a mistake? Well, I do, but they're not quite as awful as what you say. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, oh. oh. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, whilst Blocky's there. Um, yeah, pushing the boundary of podcasting as me trying to keep the ship afloat somewhat. But um, uh, that was our game then. Death by Pod's game, horrible preferences. I'm glad we we got the hang of it in the end. I hope you guys played along as well. <laughs> Next time we'll have a game prepped in advance. Um, yes. But that is that for this episode where we covered his house. Let us know uh, what you thought of our uh reviews our analysis of the film did you agree with us did you think this film was out of shit uh if so we'd love to hear from you as well because we both are very up on this so it'd be nice to hear some dissenting voices but polite dissenting voices let's face it we're all film fans next week or next episode sorry we are covering the woman in black starring harry potter which was voted for by you guys who put up a poll about a couple of weeks ago now asking we gave you four choices uh of films for us to cover on a show in november the Woman in Black from, I think, 2012 came out the winner. So our next episode, we're going to be talking about uh, Daniel Radcliffe in The Woman in Black. So looking forward to that, mate? Yes. Yes, I am. I am looking forward to it. That there we go. <laughs> yes. Yes, see, I'm looking forward to what outtakes we can get from the next episode oh, talking about oh. a PG-13 film. Looking forward to that one, though. However, that is that, like I say, Bloggy, thank you for coming on and um, polluting the airwaves again with me. Uh, yeah, thanks for tolerating me as always. 
<laughs> as ever always happy to do so um where can the world find you online my friend um hiding under a rock at this point uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you can find me at bloggy balboa on twitter and on wordpress uh you can find me what i watch tonight across all the socials just uh, search for me on there and you'll find my uh, boat race on there uh, more importantly you can follow the show at death by pod on twitter and instagram as mentioned we put polls up there we are uh, we ask for your opinions on our upcoming shows uh, we have quality hashtag bants and thank you to everyone who's been recommending the show retweeting us sharing us telling other people to listen uh, it means the world to us especially in this crappy lockdown situation doesn't it mate yeah, it does, because we don't, I, well, I certainly don't have anything better to do apart from play Zelda, <laughs> so this is great. Sweet. So basically, keep telling us how good we is. We'd be love that. But until next time, from Death by Pod, thank you for listening, and see ya. And from Bloggy. Oh, I can't think of anything funny to say. I guess I'll just say goodbye. See ya. <laughs> oh, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>